0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Armchair Cricket Hello, all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on Test cricket by armchair critics of the game. In today's digest episode, let's take a quick look at all the international cricket that has happened some of the C P R related games as well as uh, the news from around the cricketing world. First uh, let's take a quick look at the two ODIs that have recently finished between England and uh, Australia. These were very very let's say interesting ODIs. The first of these ODIs was played in um, Manchester and uh, in this game Australia made 294 for 9 but they were able to keep England down to 275 for 9. So, you know, when they batted first, Australia started off slowly. Uh, even though they had some good contributions from Marcus Toynis, who made 43, and Marnus Labuschagne, they were not able to really set up a big platform. And at 5 for 123, it looked like uh, they were in fear of probably blowing away their start. But Mitch Marsh played a very responsible 73 of 100 balls. And he was well supported by Glenn Maxwell, who scored 77 of 59 balls and after these two Mitch Stark finished off strongly and made sure that uh, Australia finished with a total of 294 for nine this seemed to be slightly below par on this pitch and given the way England have approached the game but the Australian bowling attack I think they felt very confident when it came to bowling Archer took three wickets for 57 and Markwood took three for 54 and earlier that made a lot of uh, let's say inroads into the Aussie top order Adil Rashid finished with 2 for 55 and Moeen Ali finished with no wicket for 59. Uh, when it came their turn to chase, uh, England stumbled 2 as they quickly slipped to 2 for 13 and then 3 for 55. Uh, only Johnny Bairstow stood strong and uh, he was supported well by Sam Billings. But they could not really pick up the run rate in the initial part of the chase. So by the time Johnny Bairstow was dismissed at 5 for 170, England was still you know, very well behind the game. Uh, instep Sam Billings who scored his first international 100 for England Uh, he made 118 out of 110 balls and was dismissed off the last ball of the innings Uh, he did not get a lot of support from the tail but um, you know he made sure England competed in this game and England finished with 275 for 9 when it came to their bowling uh, Josh Hazelwood had a very very big impact he was bowling almost as if it was a test game and he finished uh, with 3 for 26 of 10 overs Uh, Pat Cummings was a bit costly and uh, mitch stark finished no wicket for 47 but adam zampa was the guy who really you know held england back with a very impressive 4 for 55 of his 10 overs and he was well supported by mitch marsh who took one for 29 of his five hours having taken a one zero lead the australian team must have felt really really confident because you know the way they started the second odi can held at manchester it was held on the 13th of september the second game in this game, they kept England down to a very, very slow start because um, Johnny Bester was out with a score on 20 and Jason Roy with a score on 29. Uh, but by the time Joe was dismissed, it was already the 23rd over and, Eng- and England had only made 90. This is very, you know, uncustomary for this, you know, new-gen England team, which believes in scoring fast and playing attacking cricket all the time. Owen Morgan and Joe um, had sort of built a platform but they were both dismissed, jorut making 39 and Oyn Morgan 42 and then nobody was really able to pitch in with much of a score. Chris Wokes uh, sort of held the Australian bowlers at bay with 26, but then Tom Curran and Adil Rashid uh, who scored a pair of 30s finished off strongly and sort of they finished with an under par 231 for nine at the end of their 50 overs. So once again Zampa took three for 36 of his 10 overs and Josh Hazelwood finished with one for 27 of his 10 overs. But, you know, in this case, Mitchell Stark finished with 2 for 38, Pat Cummins took 1 for 56 and Mitch Maas took 1 for 49. This looked like an easy chase as far as Australia was concerned, but looks like they were using the same pitch from the first ODA. So, there was already a bit of wear and tear on this pitch. Australia started cautiously. They lost Dave Warner for 6 and Stoinis for 9, but Maros Labushin and uh, skipper Aaron Finch built a platform at better than the asking rate. So, they had reached 3 for 144 in the 31st over when suddenly calamity struck. Labuschagne and Finch were dismissed in quick succession by Wokes, and then you know Mitch Marsh was dismissed for one by Archer, and then Glenn Maxwell was dismissed for one by Wokes. So suddenly again panic setting, very much like the first T Twenty I on the store and There was a bit of a panic, and Australia collapsed from three for one forty four to eight for one sixty six. And from then on, uh, Alex Carey tried to do his best, but that was not going to be enough. He finished uh, as the last man out for thirty six. Uh, but with not a lot of support from the tail, Australia were all out for 207 with just 8 balls to spare. So England made a tremendous comeback thanks to 3 for 35 from Sam Curran, who was playing in this game ahead of Muin Ali. 1 for 67 from Adil Rashid. Adil Rashid had a bit of a tough game here with the ball. But he showed uh, his all-round qualities for England and he took the last wicket, that of Kerry. But the pick of the bowlers were Chris Vokes, who finished with 3 for 30 to his 10 hours and man of the match. Jofra Archer who took 3 for 34 of his 10 so it looks like they are tied 1 all heading into the last ODI the decider that's going to be played on 17th of September so there's a lot to look forward to there uh, before this of course there were two T20Is uh, which were both held at uh, Southampton having won the first game comfortably England also clinched the second game where they managed to restrict Australia to 157 in spite of some good uh, knocks by Aaron Finch uh, and Marcus Toynese and Glenn Maxwell Australia could only make 157 of the 20 overs and then England chased this down thanks to some uh, you know solid hitting by Josh Butler who started off the chase uh, very energetically but then stayed till the end with an unbeaten 77 and then uh, David Malan who made uh, 42 Uh, There was a bit of a collapse, but Moeen Ali, you know, he batted with uh, Josh Butler and took England home. So, this was a very easy victory for England. So, they took the T20A series 2-0. The third game of the series was again held in Southampton. But in this case, England batting first were without Josh Butler, who took off for um, some personal reasons. And uh, Owen Morgan, who was injured in the second T20A. Therefore, uh, they sort of stumbled their way to uh, 145 for 6 in 20 overs with, you know, Jory Maresto making 55. And Milan making 21, and then some reasonable contributions from Captain of the Day Moin, who made 23, and Joe Denley who was playing his first Limited limited-overs International of the summer. He made 29. Uh, but then, you know, all the Australian bowlers were among the wickets, and this was not going to be a very tough chase for Australia. Matthew Wade had been pitched into the 11, and he opened along with Aaron Finch, and they gave them a solid start. And uh, you know, Finch continued his good form, making 39, and Marcus Stoyne is 26. And in the end, Mitchell Marsh who made 39 and Ashton Agar who made 16 finished off the chase comfortably off the last over. So you know Australia had a consolation win. Adil Rashid had a good game. He took 3 for 21 of his 4 overs and then Tom Curran took 1 for 23 of his 4 overs as well. But the rest of the England bowling lineup, the faster bowlers that is Archer and Wood were very very costly. This completes the list of let's say the international games that were played in this duration. If you were to take a quick look at the finals and the semi-finals of the Caribbean Premier League that took place, so the two semi-finals were sort of one-sided, so the first game uh, Saint Lucia Zooks comfortably beat Guyana Amazon Warriors and then uh, the TKR the Trinbago Knight Riders juggernaut that just kept rolling on and on comfortably you know reached the final as well and in the final it was again uh, surprisingly a one-sided game. So in the final, even though the Saint Lucia zouk started off very strongly, they could not capitalize on that and uh, they sort of subsided to just 154 all out in the 20th over. So at one stage, you can imagine they were 115 for three, but at right from that point in time, they suffered a mini collapse thanks to Pollard who took four for 30 and then Fawad Ahmad who took two for 22 and Ali Khan who took two for 25. Remember this name Ali Khan, we're going to get to him again later in this podcast. In the chase, it looked like Landon Simmons had saved his best along with uh, Darren Bravo for the finals. Even though there was a bit of a wobble rack right at the top, they were 19 for 2 in the chase and the chase could have gone either way but Landon Simmons finished strongly, scoring 84 of just 49 balls and Darren Bravo supported him well, scoring 58 of just 47 balls. In the course of this partnership, the two of them hit 10 sixes, uh, leaving no doubt as to who was the winner of this tournament and United was finished. Comfortably as the best team of the Caribbean Premier League 2020 and lifted the trophy Uh, There was not a lot to write home about when it came to the bowling of uh, St. Lucia Zooks, and the spinners were hit all over the park and so were their finger spinners So these were all the let's say the games that were played in this uh, period If you were to look at some of the off-field news now uh, Let's take a quick look at some of the off-field news that are related to COVID-19 So, a Bob Willis Trophy match uh, where Northamptonshire player tested positive for COVID-19, had to be abandoned. So, this game uh, was going to be uh, held between Gloucestershire and Northamptonshire but because there was a player who was actually a non-playing member of the Northamptonshire squad, he tested positive and therefore they decided to abandon the game. So, this is one of the first, let's say, affected games where a game had to be abandoned after it was started. I think we're going to see more of this as the season goes on, but let's really hope it remains to as less as possible so that cricket continues uh, without too many uh, interruptions from COVID. Similarly, we hear that Bangladesh opener uh, Saif Hasan has tested positive for COVID nineteen and is currently undergoing a home quarantine. Let's hope he recovers soon uh, because they have uh, Bangladesh team have a scheduled uh, three test series. Uh, coming up uh, against Sri Lanka at the end of September, so he'll want to be a part of that squad. Going ahead, the IPL 2020 is also hit by COVID-19 because uh, Delhi Capital's assistant physio has tested uh, positive COVID-19 and um, it looks like in spite of two negative tests, the third one has returned positive and therefore he's been put under uh, quarantine and the bubble has, uh, you know, the safety bubble has again had to be sort of resealed after he's been pulled out of it. So, you know, let's hope this doesn't spread to other players and support staff among other teams as well. IPL is able to go ahead. Uh, We know IPL starts the showcase event of Indian cricket. It starts uh, at the end of next week from 19th September. So, we're really hoping that it gets off to a very comfortable start. Among other COVID-19 news, it looks like BCCI has decided to postpone its AGM indefinitely. So, this AGM was supposed to be held at the end of September. But it looks like they have decided to hold it sometime in the next three month period or so. So, we remember the previous AGM was taking place on the 1st of December 2019 or had taken place and uh, this one was when the new let's say the change in regime took over. So, but now it remains to be seen when the next AGM will be held and whether we still awaiting the you know a report about the the roles of this current uh, let's say the regime and whether they will be replaced and so on. So, uh, there is a bit of follow up to go here and let's see how this news develops when we look at some of the other news from outside the cricketing field so the south african olympics association which is let's say the de facto body that controls sport in south africa and this is under the aegis of the south african government has decided to summarily remove the csa cricket board the cricket south africa board so it has demanded that all the c star star officers that is the chief officers of this board are suspended the board itself has been suspended as well as csa has been suspended and the South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee will now be taking over the administration of sport in the country. But since this is an organization run by the South African government, it looks like this might not sit very well with the uh, ICC management. It remains to be seen whether because of this there may be some ramifications on South African cricket as far as international status goes, but we really hope this goes through without a hitch. In other news, Ali Khan, it has just come to our notice that Ali Khan is going to be the first cricketer from USA to actually get a chance to represent uh, you know USA in IPL so Ali Khan has been named as the replacement for Harry Gurney who was injured and ruled out of this year's IPL from KKR perspective so he's going to play the IPL so uh, congratulations to Ali Khan and we hope uh, he can go on to greater things and uh, you know make a name for himself in the IPL 2020 season Moving on, if you were to take a look at some of the, you know, the news from um, the p- perspective of Bob Willis Trophy. So, the finalists of the Bob Willis Trophy has been decided. So, the Bob Willis Trophy finalists are Somerset and Essex and in the game that's going to be held later this week, we're going to know who's going to win the first class uh, championship in England. Among other news, so we had already hinted at this previously. Ian Bell has chosen to retire from all forms of cricket at the end of the ongoing English county first class season. So um, we wish Ian Bell all the best with the upcoming let's say cricketing uh, and other let's say roles he may challenge himself with. So you know we are all going to miss the classy Ian Bell. We all remember his game but we really hope uh, he does equally well in the second half of his you know career as well as life. So all the best to Ian Bell. Uh, In another news where we know that you know uh, Yuvraj Singh uh, we knew that he was uh, probably probably going to come back He was going to come out of retirement because he's been requested as such by the Punjab Cricket Association So owing to this request, Yuvraj has decided to come out of retirement and he's now um, You know probably going to contact VCCI and they're going to work out how this is going to go because you we know You Yuraj had you know taken an no objection certificate to play in some of the other leagues so whether this will be rescinded and whether he'll get to represent Punjab again, I think this is going to be a decision that's going to be taken by BCCI. Let's wait and watch on how this comes through. In other slightly disappointing news, you know, Afghanistan's junior coach Noor Muhammad has been banned for five years by the uh, Afghanistan Cricket Board because he's admitted to his uh, role in trying to fix a game in the Shpagiza Premier League. This is the uh, T20 League that's been hosted by Afghan Cricket Board. Uh, so, in a game that uh, took place in 2019, it looks like he'd approached a few players and uh, this has come to light and he has admitted to his guilt and has been banned for five years by the board in another similar disappointing news it looks like two uae players ashwak ahmad who's uh, been suspended since september of last year 2019 and amir Hayat, have been suspended for a suspected breach in icc's anti-corruption rules and code so if you look at what are the things they are actually accused of it seems really really serious because uh, it looks like they have been accused of not reporting in you know, a suspected approach as well as receiving some favours or some sort of monetary or otherwise gift from some third parties who are sort of already under suspicion. So, it does not really bode well as far as UAE cricket goes and we really are hoping that you know they have gotten to the bottom of this affair because it's, it really does not bode well for an up and coming cricketing you know team to have this sort of a reputation. So, we really hope this sort of gets cleared out. In other news, we know that you know channel 7 has sort of hinted at a possible termination of their deal so we know that channel 7 is now covering the australian cricket summer from the first class and test match cricket perspective but it looks like there may be some sort of a disagreement between the board as well as the uh, the australian cricket board as well as uh, channel 7's management and it may mean that there may be some you know uh, the deal might be terminated this is unfortunately very very Uh, serious news, we really hope this this sort of a storm in a teacup and it sort of blows over. It looks like the amount of cricket that had been promised to them is not going to be delivered this year. Uh, The cricket board blames it on COVID, but you know, the Channel 7 management thinks that the cricket board could have done a lot more. So, how this, well, this scenario is going to develop, we're going to keep an eye on it. So, let's see what we can find out in the upcoming episodes. In other good news that with which we can finish this episode, John T. Rhodes has taken up the role of Sweden's head coach. So you know for an international cricketer who will coach an up and coming team like Sweden this is a very challenging role I am sure but John T. Rhodes with all his experience across his playing time with South Africa as well as his coaching you know stints with different IPL teams and so on. I think he, he can inject a lot of ideas for the Swedish cricket team and also sort of maybe in terms of setting up their infrastructure and other things. So. This is this is excellent news, and we wish John T. Rhodes all the best in his new role. Thanks once again for tuning in and listening to our digest episode. So we uh, we will we will probably be picking up the you know longer duration episode shortly, where we are just awaiting the resumption of Test cricket. Also, maybe uh, once IPL comes in, we are probably going to try and resume our long uh, episode format. So thanks a lot for tuning in and staying staying with us during this you know s- sort of fallow period of cricket. Uh, but we really hope you can continue to you know stay tuned in every week or every episode and uh, we would love to have you tell us what you think of our content or uh, maybe any of your thoughts about our episodes so you can always get in touch with us at crickpod on twitter or armchair.cricket at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us directly but you could also leave a comment on any of the podcasting apps you use we have a list of those in our uh, episode notes so please feel free to leave a comment there so I wish you a wonderful day and having said all that, it's a goodbye from me, your host Ajit. Thank you. Bye bye. The Armchair Credit Podcast. Newsroom.